Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Keegan McQuaid, filling in for Ben Blakey. It's Monday, August 23rd, 2021. In the world we live in today, there are a lot of seemingly small things that we take for granted that, if they were removed, we would realize just how crucial they are to our everyday life. And I was reminded of this a few years ago when I realized just how important air conditioning is to me. I was helping one of my good college friends move from Louisville, Kentucky, all the way down to Orange County, California. We moved a couple of his cars and a U-Haul to get all their stuff to California. The only problem? One of the cars did not have air conditioning. And I'm sure, as you can imagine, I remembered very quickly just how important the great invention of air conditioning is to me. Driving driving through states like Missouri, like Texas, without air conditioning in the middle of summer is a pretty horrible experience. Fortunately, we were able to stop at an auto zone on the way after our first couple days of driving to get some Freon to put in the car to repair the air conditioning. And after we put the Freon in the car, it didn't initially seem any different. All we had done is bought something from the local AutoZone to pump into the car. It seemed the same from the outside. There weren't any noticeable differences externally. We'd only put something small into the car that was very small when compared to the size of the car itself. But boy, could I feel the difference. The second we turned that car on, it was like a brand new car that had been completely transformed from the inside out. And in our first reading today in Luke 13, we see Christ compare something that is seemingly small in size, like the mustard seed and leaven that gets put in bread, and show his audience and us just how important it is is. Even though it's small, it can completely transform that which it's getting put into. Specifically talking about the leavened bread in Luke 13 verse 20, he says it again, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was leavened. A little leaven changes the entire amount of dough. Without the leaven, the dough will not change. But with the leaven, the dough drastically changed. Leaven is unseen, but the impact is immense. Believer, I think that this text should remind us about how sometimes we also take Christ for granted. Just how I took air conditioning for granted until I faced a situation when everything around me was extremely hot. Sometimes we take Christ for granted or what he has done for us for granted when life is going our way. But the second we face the fires of life, we run back to him. Believer, I want you to be reminded of Christ and what he has done today before you get to the next tough time in your life. We need to remember exactly what he did to completely transform our lives. That he came down to earth as fully God, fully man to live the perfect life was persecuted and hung on a cross to take on your and my sins, the sins of the world, to die a brutal death and be raised from the dead three days later so that through the grace of Christ, your life could have the huge transformation that the dough that Jesus describes when leaven is added. 
Because without it, it would not have transformed. And without Christ, neither can you. We should read this and be excited about how powerful the transforming work of Jesus Christ is and to recognize with thankfulness that exactly what Christ is describing in Luke 13 has, as a follower of Jesus Christ who's turned from your sins and trusted in Christ, this drastic change has happened in your life. Believer, I would challenge you to, in response to this text, pray with confidence for that which can have a massive impact. The good news of Jesus Christ. Specifically, I want you to pray for other people that you know who right now might be that dough without any leaven in it. When it is thrown in to be cooked, nothing's going to happen. But you can spend time praying that the leaven is added in their life. The good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is added to their life. That the transforming power of Jesus Christ takes place in their life. And have confidence because we see here the amazing power that there is in Christ. Just like the transformation that happens to the mustard seed or to the bread once leaven is added, that same transformation can happen to those around you who do not have Christ right now only if they turn from their sins and trust in Christ, which the good news of the gospel is offered for them today. So be praying for the people around you who need Christ and need that transforming power because God is absolutely able to do that in their lives. And I think this text should cause us to evangelize with confidence. In a similar vein of how we're called to pray for those around us who do not know Christ right now, we should then also want to go and share the good news of the gospel with others. Because we know firsthand about the transformative power of Jesus Christ, and it is therefore our job to go and share to others who do not know Christ about that same transformative power that has happened in our lives because of what Jesus Christ has done. Believer, This should psych you up and get you excited to go evangelize and share the good news of the gospel because God will and can absolutely use you as a tool to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Next, as we continue through the book of Job, as we open back up to Job having a dialogue with his friends And this is where this being just an audio form has its limitations because you can't see me actively putting quotation marks around the word friends. Because as we read, we see that Job's friends have a lacking of a great deal of compassion for what their friend is facing. But we're going to focus on what Job says in Job chapter 9. That's today we read Job 8 through 11. Specifically, I want you to notice the dilemma he's facing in Job 9, 32 through 35. For he is not a man, as I am, that I might answer him, that we should come to trial together. There is no arbiter between us who might lay his hands on us both. Let him both let him take his rod away from me, and let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak without fear of him, for I am not so in myself. Do you see the dilemma? There's no arbiter between Job and the Lord. And he isn't able to come before God while having someone to represent him on his side. Job is facing the dilemma of needing a mediator. 
someone to come before the Father on his behalf, and he recognizes that seemingly he hasn't done anything to warrant all the horrible things that have happened to him. He recognizes in verse 20, though I am in the right, my own mouth would condemn me. Though I am blameless, he would prove me perverse. He knows that his own mouth would condemn him. Job knows that on his own, he is not righteous and would be unable to bend the will of God to have him hold court because of Job's demands. And then also, because he's unrighteous, he's incapable of sufficiently making a successful argument on his own behalf. He knows this. And what we see happen later is that Job will eventually seek God's forgiveness for his impatience later in Job 42. But I think this text should drive us to remind ourselves that we do have a mediator who represents us on our behalf. As 1 Timothy 2.5 tells us, that mediator is Jesus Christ, who is the mediator between God and man. Christian, this should cause you to rejoice and be thankful at the notion that you have the Son of God as your mediator, who is able to and will go before the Father and mediate on your behalf. Because let's be honest, you need one. I need one. Because on your own, you're not meeting the bar of holiness that God has set. But your mediator goes before the Father, stating that his blood has paid the price that's on your head, that your sins have been paid because of his sacrifice. This should cause us to praise the Father for sending his Son to die for that which was his enemy. But if you're sitting there listening along and know that you don't have anyone as your mediator on your behalf— and you're sitting there just like Job, realizing that on your own, your own mouth will condemn you when you eventually have to be in the presence of God, when your life ends on this earth and you have to stand before the presence of a holy God, then by all means, run to the mediator who's available for you today. Turn from your sins and trust in the good news that Jesus Christ has died for your sins. Stop trying to mediate for yourself, but instead, Put your trust in the only one who is able to mediate on your behalf, period. Next, we turn to today's time spent in the book of Psalms as we look at Psalm 101, where we see an excellent picture of what it looks like to be obedient to the Lord's commands, to have a hatred for sin and a love for holiness and a desire to pursue sanctification instead. In Psalm 101, David says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me, and I will know nothing of evil. Believer, this is a great challenge for you today to spend time praying about. To not set your eyes before or to dwell on or to consume anything that is worthless in the eyes of God. That which is going to cause you to stumble or to sin as he says then in verse 4, to not have a perverse heart and to know nothing of evil. Here David is prayerfully seeking to hate sin and to abhor that which is evil, to both seek God's help in doing this and to express his faithful desire to keep his heart pure and his mind off of the sin of the world that is available for him to consume. And instead, as David does this in verse 2, to spend 
time setting his mind on singing about the steadfast love of the Lord. He says this in verse in the first two verses of Psalm 101, to ponder the way that is blameless and to set his mind on the love and justice of the Lord. Believer, what a great picture for how you and I are to pursue sanctification, daily denying yourself from the sinful and worthless temptations of the world and instead to replace them with the holy and perfect love and justice of the Lord. The practical question that I want to encourage you to ask yourself is what worthless and evil things does the world have to offer for me that I need to deny myself from and how can I replace that with the love of the Lord? Finally, as we begin our last text of the day, as we begin looking at the book of 2 Thessalonians, which again was written by Paul shortly after writing the book of 1 Thessalonians, written again to the church of Thessalonica, where he similarly begins this chapter by expressing his thankfulness for the faith and solid group of believers in the church of Thessalonica. But he also spends time in 2 Thessalonians 1, focusing on the persecution they are facing for their faith in Christ. And then the judgment that will eventually come for the wicked. In verse 5 and 6, he notes that and recognizes that we will suffer for the kingdom of God in this life. It's what we should expect. But also in the next sentence, he also states that the wicked will not get away with what they are doing in causing us to suffer for the name of Christ and their hatred for the kingdom and their actions towards his children. God will bring them to justice. Believer, this text should remind you to press on in the faith, knowing that you probably will at points in your life suffer for claiming the name of Christ, but have hope, knowing that what you are suffering for will come to fruition and that you will get to spend eternity with Christ where you will feel no more suffering or pain. And also, stop yourself from being bitter, having hatred for those who will cause you to suffer, because God will judge them justly one day. It's not your job to cast down judgment on them, but to remain faithful to the kingdom of God and to continue to claim the name of Christ and to love those who persecute you. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. Ben Blakey will be back on August 25th. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.